Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Reading Joshua chapters 9 through 11. Now all the kings of the Jordan River heard about what had happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who lived in the hill country, in the western foothills, and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far north as the Lebanon Mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. But when the people of Gibeon heard that Joshua, what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loaded, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched wineskins. They put on worn-out patched sandals and ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. They replied, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. We have heard of the might of the Lord your God and all that he did in Egypt. We have also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Aseroth. So our elders and all our people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants, please make a treaty with us. This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes, but now as you can see it is dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they're old and split open. And our clothing and sandals were worn out from the very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety, and the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty... They learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reach their towns in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, Karabah, Baroth, and Karaoth Jerem. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, Since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live, for divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. 
let them live so that they can be made woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community as the Israelite leaders directed. Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, Why did you lie to us? Why did you say that you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? May you be cursed. From now on you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of my God. And they replied, We we did it because we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you this entire land and to destroy all the people living in it. So we feared greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But the day that he made the Gibeon but that day he made the Gibeonites the woodcutters and water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is what they do to this day. Adonai Zedek king of Jerusalem heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town as large as the royal cities and larger than I. And the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Perham of Jarmoth, Zaphalal, Zaphah, of Lachish and Deber of Eglon. Come and help, a, help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made a peace treaty with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. And they moved all their troops into place in a, to attack Gibeon and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Don't be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Pathhoron, killing them all along the way to Azak and Bakmakdal. 
As the Amorites retreated down the road of Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Hazak, and the hail killed more of the enemy of the Israelites than the Israelites killed with the sword. On that day, the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon, the moon over the valley of Ahalajan. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed still in the middle of the day, in the middle of the sky, and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this one since before or since. When the Lord answered such a prayer, surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. During the battle, the five kings escaped and hid in a cave at Machadal. When Joshua heard that they had been found, he issued this command, Cover the opening of the cave with with huge rocks, and place guards at the entrance to keep the kings inside. The rest of you continue chasing the enemy and cut them down from the rear. Don't give them a chance to get back to their towns. For the Lord your God has given you victory over them. So Joshua and the Israelites, Israelite army continued the slaughter and completely crushed the enemy. They totally wiped out the five armies except for a tiny remnant that managed to reach their fortified towns. Then the Israelites returned safely to Joshua in the camp of Machadel. After that, no one dared to speak even a word against Israel. Then Joshua said, Remove the rocks covering the opening of the cave and bring the five kings to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachash, and Eglon. When they had brought them out, Joshua told the commanders of his army, Come and put your feet on the king's necks. And they did as they were told. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged, Joshua told his men. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord is going to do this to all your enemies. Then Joshua killed each of the five kings and impaled them on five sharpened poles, where he hung them until evening. As the evening was as the sun was going down, Joshua gave instructions for the bodies of the kings to be taken down from the poles and thrown into the cave where they had been hiding. Then they covered the opening of the cave with a pile of large rocks, which remains to this very day. That same day, Joshua captured and destroyed the town of Machadel. He killed everyone in it, including the king, leaving no survivors. He destroyed them all, and he killed the king of Magda as he killed the king of Jericho. 
Then Joshua and the Israelites went to Libna and attacked it. There too, the Lord gave the town and its king. He killed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua killed the king of Libna, and he killed the king of as he had killed the king of Jericho. From Libna, Joshua and the Israelites went to Lachish and attacked it. Here again, the Lord gave them Lachish. Joshua took it on the second day and killed everyone in it, just as he had done at Libna. During the attack on Lachish, King Horham of Gezer arrived with his army to help defend the town, but Joshua's men killed them and his army, leaving no survivors. Then Joshua and the Israelite army went to Eglon and attacked it. They captured it that day and killed everyone in it. He completely destroyed everyone, just as he had done at Lachish. From Eglon, Joshua and the Israelite army went to Hebron and attacked it. They captured the town and killed everyone in it, including its kings, leaving including its king, leaving no survivors. They did the same thing to all the surrounding villages. And just as they had done at Eglon, he completely destroyed the entire population. Then Joshua and the Israelites turned back and attacked Deber. He captured the town, its king, and all the surrounding villages. He completely destroyed everyone in it, leaving no survivors. He did to Deber and its king just as he had done to Hebron and to Libna and its king. So Joshua conquered the whole region, the kings and people of the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, the mountain slopes. He completely destroyed everyone in the land, leaving no survivors, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua slaughtered them from Kadesh Barnea to Gaza and from the region around the town of Goshen to up to Gibeon. Joshua conquered all these kings and their land in a single campaign, for the Lord, the God of Israel, was fighting for his people. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. When King Jabin of Hazor heard what had happened, he sent messages to the following kings. King Jobab of Mabadam, the king of Shimron, the king of Akrath, all the kings of the northern hill country, the kings of the Jordan Valley south of Galilee, the kings of the Galilean foothills, the kings of Noboth Dor on the west, the kings of Canaan, both east and west, the kings of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pezzarites, the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites in the towns on the slopes of Mount Hermon and the land of Mizpah. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde. And with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like like sand on the seashore. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Merom to fight against Israel. 
Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the water near Merom and attacked suddenly. And the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as greater Sidon and Meripath Mam and the east, eastward into the valley of Mizpah until not one enemy warrior was left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses and burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured Hazor and killed its king. Hazor had at one time been the capital of all these kingdoms. And the Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivors. Not a single person was spared. And then Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mounds except Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took all the plunder and the livestock and ravaged towns for themselves. But they killed all the people, leaving no survivors, as the Lord had commanded his servant Moses. So Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands the Lord had given to Moses. So Joshua conquered the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothills, the Jordan Valley, the mountains of Israel, and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way from Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir in the south, as far north as Baal Gad at the foot of Mount Hermon in the valley of Lebanon. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, waging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in this region made peace with the Israelites except the Hivites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated. For the Lord hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites, so they were completely destroyed without mercy, as the Lord had commanded Moses." During this period, Joshua destroyed all the descendants of Anak, who lived in the hill country of Hebron, Deber, Anab, and the entire hill country of Judah and Israel. He killed them all and completely destroyed their towns. None of the descendants of Anak were left in all the land of Israel, though some still remained in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. So Joshua took control of the entire land, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. He gave it to the people of Israel as their special possession, dividing the land among the tribes, so the land finally had rest from war. In this particular passage, we see a a short reference that Joshua prayed that the sun would stand still in the sky so that the army could continue to to go to war and defeat their enemies 
skeptics of the Bible will look at a passage like that and say, well, that's impossible. There's no way for the, for the sun above to stand still in the sky. So therefore, this must be false. It must not be true. And if this is false, then that means there's other things in the Bible. And eventually, they'll get to the point that they'll say that nothing in the Bible is true. The question I have is very simple. If we believe that God can do anything and that he is the creator who made all things, is making the sun stand still in the sky too difficult for him? My belief would be no, it's easy for God. So rather than always questioning every aspect of the Bible, how about we just simply trust in the Lord and say that if it's in his word, we know that he does not lie. He tells us the truth. And therefore, we can believe it and the rest of Scripture. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.